Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Midwife in My Pocket podcast. As always, it's your host, Zoe. And today I'm going to be talking about the role of the support person in labor and birth. So this is one for your partners, your friend, your mum, your cousin, whoever it may be that's joining you um, on your birth experience. Or it might be a team, depending on what the COVID restrictions are in your hospital. You might have a few support people if you were lucky enough to have that luxury. Um, But yeah, this is basically something for them. Um, We'll also talk a little bit about Um, how a support person can come into play in the postpartum period as well because I think that's important and it's not usually spoken about enough. Um, Usually the partner is just briefed on what to do for birth but not really the postpartum. So um, we'll dive into that a little bit as well. Um, Before I start and before we get into the content of it, I just want to let you guys know that Make sure you do check in with your hospitals regarding their COVID policies and procedures in terms of visitors and who you can have present on the big day, um, just so that you're not um, going to be disappointed or you're not going to be heartbroken on the day of the birth because you find out your partner can't be there because they're not vaccinated or whatever the case may be. Make sure you check in um, to ensure that you're able to have who you want there on the day. Um, that is really important because every hospital is different. I know my hospital at the moment is saying that dads have to be vaxxed or dads or support people, whoever it may be. Um, they need to be vaccinated fully. Um, and if not, they can only stay for the birth period. They have to leave after that. So just keep that in mind because it is a really, um, you know, it's a hard time for everyone. And, the last thing that we want is for disappointed mothers going into their birth, okay? So make sure you find that out. Um, It's really, really important. But other than that, if you're all good to go and your support person is a goer for the day, here is some, I guess, information on what they can do, how they can be supportive on the day and what they can do afterwards. So I guess we'll get straight into it. So if you listen to my birth story, uh, birth story, my birth plan podcast, you will know that um, your partner should have access to your birth plan and understand your wants and your needs um, for your birth experience. Make sure that you're briefing them before the day, telling them what you're into, what you're not into. And it's a really important conversation to have because you both need to be on the same page. Um, It's not really worth much having the conversation on the day because obviously you're going to be in an alternate universe. (laughs) You're going to be focused on whatever is going on, whether it be contractions, pain, you're going to be focused on baby, that sort of thing. So you need to make sure that you have a plan in place and that everyone knows about the plan before you go in. It's no use keeping it to yourself and then expecting people to advocate for you when they don't know what they're advocating for. So the role of the support person first and foremost is to be an advocate. They need to know what you want, what you don't want. Um, They need to know what they are able to do as well, just so that the day goes seamlessly. And if someone comes in and they say, we need to do this, you can say, well, no, this isn't what she wants or this isn't what she desires, what are the other options basically. So birth partners, 
birth support people, whoever it may be, need to be briefed. So I know it can be an uncomfortable conversation for some men particularly, um, but it is a really important one to have. So if you want to avoid the epidural or if you want an epidural, you need to let your support person know. Um, You need to let them know what you're expecting on the day. So whether that is an induction, whether it's a cesarean birth, whatever it may be, make sure they know that (laughs) so they're prepared um, and also make sure they know what to do in certain situations. So whether at times they just need to hold your hand, um, make sure they know that that's what they need from you. You should also express your, um, I guess, anticipations of them. I think that's the right word. Yeah, you should also let them know what you're expecting, (laughs) your expectation, not anticipation. You should let them know your expectations of them. So what do you need them to be on the day? Do you need them just to be a hand to hold? Do you need them to massage your back? Do you need them to hug you the whole time? What do you need from them? Do you need them to sit in the corner for a little while and just be silent? You need to tell them what you think you'll need. And that obviously all will change on the day. But if you want them to be supportive and you want them to be present, let them know that. Um, Tell them from the get-go, I don't want you to be on your phone or I don't want you to leave the room unless you absolutely have to or whatever the case may be. Um, Because, you know, it's important that you feel supported and that you feel encouraged Um, and it's also important that they are on the same page with that because how are they supposed to meet your expectations if they have no idea what they are? (laughs) But that is the biggest piece of advice I will give support persons. Stay off your phone. The phone can wait. Turn it off even because there's no point in keeping people updated and keeping people in the loop when you're trying to be present and you're trying to be focused on encouraging and supporting your birth partner Um, there's no point in doing that if you're going to be on the phone all day. And people that are really close to you will know that you're in labor and they will respect that and understand that. I know that the excitement can obviously be, you know, a huge factor in it. But if you just need to turn the phone on, do not disturb for a few hours until the baby comes or until things settle down a little bit, um, then do that. And especially because... Birth people need to have, or birth support people need to have a break from time to time too. I know it's, you know, it's hard when the birthing woman doesn't get a break herself, but you do need to save your energy and you do need to have a rest whenever you can so that you have all the energy you need to support your birth person. Um, So if you need to take two seconds to duck out and grab a cup of tea, don't spend that time on the phone because you're not actually getting a chance to rest. You're trying to update people and you're trying to reply to text messages. You're trying to return calls or whatever. So stay off your phone the whole day. Give people a text to let them know that you're in labor or don't. Um, But other than that, that is it. Try to limit your contact with your phone as much as possible or you will have a very cranky (laughs) birth person watching you. Um, so yeah, really important to keep that in mind. I guess another thing for support people, one of the biggest things that they feel is that sense of helplessness on the day. That is not the case. So your presence means more than you realize. Hence why I told you to stay off your phone, (laughs) but your presence means everything. So 
even if you have no idea what to do and there's absolutely nothing you can do to help in terms of a clinical sense, there's nothing you can do to take the pain away, but there is things you can do to help. So don't feel helpless. You are doing a much bigger job than you realize just by being there. So if your birth person is struggling, hold her hand, walk her through things, Give her a hug, give her a kiss, stroke her hair, let her know that you're thinking of her and that you're doing this with her. Um, Give her some encouraging words because sometimes that's all they need when they're bent over in the shower, they're crying, they're hysterical because they think they can't do this. Sometimes all they need is just a big hug, a big kiss and for you to say you're doing amazingly and you can do this. Trust me, I've seen it work (laughs) many a time where things are starting to go a little or they're starting to become a little bit overwhelming. They're starting to get that little bit hectic. Um, You know, you need to be able to feel supported during that time. And it makes a world of difference, particularly when the partner knows that they just need to step out of that support person role and step into the role of the husband, the wife, the sister, the brother, whatever it may be. Go back into that role and remember that at the end of the day, they're still your person. They're not just a laboring person. Um, Yeah, I think it's really important to remember that. And to just give them some physical contact um, because we know that that increases oxytocin and that means that your body will be doing less of the work because your hormones are doing it for you. So things that increase oxytocin, hugging, kissing, holding hands, stroking hair, all of that sort of stuff, touch basically so if you need to touch her do it and even if you don't want to even if it's gonna make you feel uncomfortable or whatever you'd be surprised how much the hold of a hand can go in terms of a birth experience um yeah so making sure that you're present with them on the day making sure that you're encouraging them and you're supporting them through every step of the way doing little things like feeding them snacks um, getting them water that sort of thing can also be huge like really monumental in making sure that they feel supported and of course keeping them healthy (laughs) because yeah it's important to keep on top of that fluid and food intake because often if you leave them go they won't eat at all So making sure that you're doing that for them. Also making sure that, you know, little things in the birth environment are the way they should be. So if your birth partner wants, you know, flowers in the room, (laughs) if they want music playing, if they want, you know, certain things to be a certain way, make sure you're doing that for them and make sure that you're protecting that space. If someone comes into the room and you have no idea who they are, don't be afraid to ask, oi, what's she doing here? Or what are they doing here? Um, Do they need to be here? If so, why? What's their role? Um, Because nine times out of 10, it's really easy for another midwife to just pop in the room because she needs something or to pop in and have a little chat with the other midwife to be like, hey, have you had your break or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, Or if a midwife is quite junior and they need a senior to come in and check their work. um, It's important that you know who they are, why they're there and what their role is. Because if you don't know um, and your birth partner becomes uncomfortable, then that can hinder the progress and that can make things really quite, you know, it's just uncomfortable. So if people don't need to be in there, don't be afraid to ask what their role is and if they need to be there um, and if not, skedaddle. 
Um, I think that's really important to take control of the birth space, protect the birth space and make sure that the people who are providing you with care are doing so in a way that is comfortable for the both of you and it's going to make you both feel happy and supported Um, because if not, then what's the point? If you notice that the midwife you have is being a little bit difficult or whatever the case may be, you can request another midwife. Um, I also want to make that really clear. If your birth partner is really struggling to connect with the midwife or isn't a big fan of her or she's making her uncomfortable, whatever the case may be, you can request a new midwife. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people do complain about post-birth when they haven't had the ideal experience is the midwife didn't help me or I wish I could have had a different midwife Um, so if that's the case don't be afraid to speak out and say hey she's not really working for us or he's not really working for us is there anyone else available that could help my partner through Um, so yeah don't be afraid to speak out if you feel like things aren't working or it's not the ideal environment so in saying that advocating for your partner So this is where that talking about birth and talking about birth preferences and a birth plan is really important to making sure that you're able to stand up for what your partner wants and make sure that things are facilitated in a way that's going to be beneficial. If you get to the point where things are starting to take a turn, whether something unpredictable happens like baby's heart rate drops or something happens with baby or something happens with mum and there needs to be medical intervention, um, don't be afraid to question it and say, hey, um, I don't really understand what's happening. Do you mind explaining it to me? And then when they do explain it, you're that person that's then going to convey that information back to your partner in a way that they will understand. So if at the end of the day, the midwife says something nine times out of 10, the birth person won't be listening or they'll be off in another world. Um, It's really important that you listen to the information and that you question it if you don't understand or you don't think it's right. um, So that that way you can relay that information back to your partner Um, as accurately as possible to ensure that you're both on the same page and that you both know what's going on Um, because there's no point in having something happen which you don't understand and having it cascade into a bit of confusion because it's like well I have no idea what's happening so how is she going to know what's happening Um, that's not a good attitude to have (laughs) so make sure you're questioning things make sure you understand what's going on Um, ensure that the questions are being asked before procedures take place. So make sure that you're listening for informed consent um, or you're listening for, I guess, key points that could make or break your birth experience. So please keep that in mind that if you don't understand something, ask. And if you need to clarify, please don't be afraid to do so because you are the advocate and don't al- and also don't be afraid to say, hey, this isn't what she wants. Um, why are we doing this? Or this isn't what we planned for. Can you just let me know why we're doing this? What is this in response to? And how is this going to affect us? So keep that in mind. So basically, the role of the support person in labor is to just be that, a support person in every sense of the word. 
Um, for birth people, it's really important to understand that you need someone you trust and that will, you know will encourage you and support you on the day. You don't need someone challenging you whilst you're in labor. So if you know that there is someone who probably will challenge you on the day or who will piss you off on the day, probably a good idea not to have them. Um, so make sure you're if you don't have a partner or if you don't have someone that you're romantically involved with or whatever the case may be, making sure that you pick someone who is going to do everything that I just suggested um, is really important and making sure you feel comfortable with them as well. There's no point in having, you know, your mother-in-law in there if you don't feel comfortable with that. Um, and don't be afraid to tell people no as well. So if your best friend of three years wants to come in and be a part of it, but you don't really want her to, you want this just to be, um, you know, between you and your partner or whatever, don't be afraid to say no and don't be afraid to use COVID restrictions against them. <laughs> That's why they're there. <laughs> so yeah, do what you need to do to make sure that you have the best experience possible. And if that means cutting people out, cut people out. Okay, so I guess moving on to the postpartum. So once baby's born, make sure you soak in all of those precious moments as much as you can um, because you only get to do it once, right? Babies are born one time. So get all the photos, give the phone to someone so they can take photos. Um, make sure you're soaking up all of those first moments because they are so precious and they are so beautiful. Um, you're just going to be so awestruck and it's going to be beautiful. So make sure you have someone to capture it, whether it be a midwife, you just pass them the phone and get them to take a few pics. Um, also don't forget to put the phone down and just be present. So really soak up those first few cuddles with your family, um, as a unit and making sure that you're yeah taking in all those newborn vibes because they are really beautiful and they are really special so you don't want to miss out on that but once everything's done and the baby's born and all is well um this is the part where babies will get weighed they'll get measured like that sort of thing um breastfeeding will happen so ensure that you're capturing all those moments as well and you're also making sure that if something does go awry or something's not going according to what you thought um, let people know do not take your eyes off the baby so until the baby gets tagged we have no proof to say that they are yours <laughs> unless we literally just seen them come out of mum's vagina or come out of wherever the, they came from <laughs> so if you are the support person, your role will be to watch that baby and not take your eyes off the baby until they have identification tags in place. So if the baby has to go out to the resuscitator um, for emergency care, make sure you go with them and yeah, don't take your eyes off that baby, <laughs> particularly if there's a team of people there who you've never seen before and they've never met you before. How are they going to know that that is your baby? I just want to make sure you're aware of that because <laughs> it's really important. Um, and trust me, there are still things that go on in this day and age with babies getting mixed up and oh, horrible stuff. So don't take your eye off the baby until those tags are in place. After that, um, it's up to you what you do. <laughs> take the baby back, make sure baby's with mum. You can also protect that time as well because we know that within the first hour of life that's when that really good skin to skin can happen that really good breastfeeding can happen it's called the golden hour um, and it's really important so make sure that you're protecting that if someone comes in and wants to do something with the baby just say hey look baby's breastfeeding um, or baby's doing skin to skin with mum can this wait a little while 
um, particularly if baby and mum are both stable and there's no real reason to intervene, don't be afraid to tell people, oi, nick off for a bit and come back when we're done. So don't be afraid to do that. Um, also, don't be afraid to have skin to skin with your baby as well. It's a really nice way to bond with the baby and, you know, feel like you're getting a little bit of that golden hour in as well. So don't be afraid to get your kit off. <laughs> just your shirt and do some skin to skin with baby because it's really quite lovely and meaningful. Um, Yeah. So make sure you're protecting that space, protecting the environment. After baby's born and you guys get transferred back to the ward, um, that's when mum is going to be absolutely exhausted. You'll probably be exhausted too. Um, But nine times out of 10, when I walk into a room, the first thing I see is the dad or the support person will be sound asleep the poor mother will be awake feeding the baby or whatever the case may be which is fine like I mean you're you're only human (laughs) you're going to have a sleep but make sure that you're helping to get things done before you do decide to have a snooze so whether that be having a shower making sure your birth person has a shower making sure you have a shower um, before you go to sleep making sure that they're fed watered all of that sort of stuff if they are breastfeeding do you need to buzz in the midwife so they can get some help Um, is there anything you can do is there a bottle you can make up that sort of thing because it's really quite disheartening when you walk into a room and you see the partner sound asleep, but the ba- baby and the mum are still wide awake and they're trying to get through things together without any help. So please be aware before you hit the hay, just ask if there's anything that needs doing. If not, fucking go for it. Go for a sleep. <laughs> but yeah, make sure that you're not being inconsiderate and just, you know, hitting the hay without any reason at all. Yeah, just a little pet peeve that I have as a midwife (laughs) um yeah so doing all of those things um also again protecting the space if you have an influx of visitors don't be afraid to say no um the postpartum time particularly those first three days are really hard to navigate without having extra people who don't need to be there so if you have a distant friend that just wants to pop in because they want to have a cuddle of the baby tell them to wait or tell them to wait until you get home, use the COVID restriction thing, whatever you need to do, um, because it can be really, really difficult, um, particularly with breastfeeding. Like no one wants to flop their tit out when weird Uncle Ian is around. So just keep that in mind. (laughs) It really, yeah, it can be really uncomfortable. And particularly when midwives are doing checks, like they are checking vaginas, they are checking wounds, they're changing drains, they're changing dressings, um, they're helping with breastfeeding, whatever it may be. Um, Sometimes this isn't always a comfortable situation to be around and it's not always comfortable for the mum either. So be aware that she is going to have her body out on display sometimes and make sure you pick and choose accordingly who you are having as visitors. So, yeah. That is all I can think of for now. I'm sure there will be plenty of more little tips and tricks that I can give you. I do have a lot over on my Instagram at midwife in my pocket. Oh, sorry. Fuck. No, it's not midwife in my pocket anymore. It's at midwife Zoe. Um, And I do have resources over on my website, midwifeinmypocket.com. So make sure you check those out. For the ebooks um, that are over on my website, I am doing a discount code for podcast listeners, which is POD, P-O-D, 3030. 
Um, so pod 30 for 30% off all of the ebooks. So if that's something that your support person may benefit from, feel free to grab them a cheeky little DC code with that. Um, I think that'll be really nice. So yeah, thank you so much for tuning in guys. I'll be back in your ears next week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please leave me a five-star rate and review. <laughs> Would really appreciate it. Some little fuckwit gave me a one-star for no particular reason. Didn't even leave me a review. Um, so don't be that guy. <laughs> Please, um, yeah, support me wherever you can. If you do enjoy this podcast and you do want to keep listening, please give me a nice rate and review or leave some feedback over on my Instagram at Midwife Zoe. Alrighty, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.